Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Oxygen, a film that came out a few weeks back on Netflix, but it is definitely something that is worth talking about. And joining me for this conversation is Josh Bell from Awesome Movie Year which just started its eighth season, this time on the films of 1967. So you should be checking out Awesome Movie Year if you enjoy piecing it together, because I produce that podcast, and I'm on that podcast, and you should be listening to that podcast. So check out Awesome Movie Year wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're at it, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together as well so you can find out about all our new upcoming episodes as they come out. We've got a lot of episodes in the pipeline right now, so uh, make sure you're subscribed. You could also rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. And you can follow us on social media at PiecingPod. We also have a Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, and the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where we post bonus content from Piecing It Together, from Awesome Movie Year, from my music career, all kinds of great content over there. It's patreon.com slash bydavidrosen. And uh, the more subscribers we get, the more content we're going to start posting on there. So make sure to get signed up. We just posted a bunch of new content centered around a special sign-up bonus week that we were doing. So there's lots of great stuff over there to check out right now and a lot more on the way soon. So, uh, yeah, I think that about does it. Let's jump into this conversation now and talk about Oxygen. All right, Josh Bell is back with us. We're going to talk about Oxygen. Josh, how's it going? Oh, it's pretty good. How are you? I'm great. I am uh, I'm in the middle of a movie weekend just one after another after another, but I haven't been recording a lot of episodes lately, so I'm excited to record one today. Yeah, and I'm glad we got to this. This movie premiered a little bit ago, and yeah. we talked about covering it, and then we kind of got sidetracked or busy or whatever, but I like this movie, and this is one of those movies that I watched it, and I thought, this was pretty good, mm-hmm. and then the more I thought about it, the more I really was into it, the more I really respected it and admired what it did and i you know we'll 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 maybe do our little top 10 of the half year soon sure, and i sure. feel like this is gonna end up on my list right on right on yeah i'm glad we're getting to it too and you know ever since the pandemic it's like 
release dates don't mean as much when it comes to podcasts. You know, content's content, just like Netflix always says. I don't know if they say that, but they might. But, uh, you know, we, we cover whatever movies we can, and uh, I am glad that we're getting to it and not letting it kind of slip by because, yeah, it's, it's a worthwhile movie to talk about. And I think a little different from anything we've ever covered on the show. It's it's unique in, in a lot of ways. And and I like a lot of uh, uh, Alexandra Asia's films. I, I really liked Crawl a couple years back, and I... I think he's an interesting uh, director. Was this one that was on your radar like before it came out? Like, were you really looking forward to it? Um, I mean, it was a little bit, but only because I was looking for movies to review, to write about. And actually, Mm -hmm. it was not on my radar. I was looking through Netflix's list that they send out of movies that they're premiering every month. And I had no idea what it was. And I kind of clicked on it. And a lot of it, if you, you, you know from Netflix that... There's so much stuff. There. Oh yeah, and when you when you get that list, like the majority of things, it's like, what even is this? And yeah. it's not something that I'm going to write about, or it's so niche that no one is really going to read about it. No editor is going to take a review. So I just kind of click through everything just to see what it is. And so that was the way I discovered it. I was like, wait a minute, this is Alexander Asia. This is Melanie Laurent. This looks like a really interesting film. So at that point, I was kind of eager, but I hadn't known about it before then mm-hmm. and i guess it had been in development and it was going to be uh i assume it would is going to be an english language film with um anne hathaway as the star at right, one point. right um but i hadn't read any of that until i saw that it was about to premiere on netflix but then i was excited to see it and he came on pretty late into development i think right yeah it was um i forget the guy's name but another french director who's sort of his protege okay who was originally the director and i don't know why that guy dropped out um and and he came on board but yeah he did a great job the whatever it was the combination that they ended up with turned out really well i that, think that director remembered that he's really claustrophobic and was like i cannot do this <laughs> yeah, project I don't know. i'm pretty sure that's uh, they're not really in a, in a medical pod to make this film but. Pro- probably not yeah but uh all right let, let's start getting into some puzzle pieces and we'll talk plenty more about the movie along the way what do you got for your first piece well i might as well start with the obvious one that i feel like everyone has cited in relation to this movie but it's accurate which is the Ryan Reynolds film, Buried. I think mm-hmm. you and Jason mentioned this in your trailer episode to sure preview did. this film. Yep. And I mean, it is obvious, but at the same time, it's it's one of those movies. It's weird because it's really not that good, mm-hmm. I think, but it's memorable because it really committed to that gimmick. Right. And any movie that does anything similar, people always cite this movie because sure. it was the one that really, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't the first movie uh, that had a character uh, he's buried alive in a wooden coffin and I don't even remember why or what it is it's not <laughs> it's neither. not it's not a sci-fi thing like this movie it's he's some criminals or they he owes them money or I don't remember but it really sticks with just him in there using whatever resources I think he's got a cell phone that it's about to die and he's got a lighter to be able to see and you kind of respect it for committing to that even if i if i remember correctly the story didn't turn out to be all that interesting mm-hmm. um but certainly you can't make a movie like that without looking back at buried and kind of trying to take some lessons from it i think yeah absolutely and and i think 
again, that is a movie that I don't really remember anything about except for the concept. But like you said, I think everybody remembers that movie and the concept and like, oh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds was in a movie where he's buried in a in a casket. And that's a cool concept for a movie. And it's it's interesting. And I, I would like to revisit it one day and see if maybe it's all right. I mean, I know it doesn't really have great reviews or anything like that, but it just seems like a good enough concept that it could be fun. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I I remember seeing it and reviewing it and not really being into it. But and I think the filmmaker hasn't really gone on to much of note. And but I mean, of course, Ryan Reynolds is a big deal mm-hmm. now. And yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's I feel like it's more worthwhile for the idea of it and the fact that they pulled it off. Sure. Than anything else. But you know, maybe it maybe it's aged well. Well, I'm going to start off with a puzzle piece that I didn't even have until just now, but I thought of it while you were describing Buried and uh, just the fact that Ryan Reynolds is stuck there with these specific resources and he's got to figure them all out and how to use them all to get out of the situation. And I thought of the Escape Room movie, which is getting a sequel later Did this you year. Did that, that movie? I never saw it. I, I never actually saw it, oh. but <laughs> but I I certainly know of it and I know that it takes the idea of these escape rooms, which are very uh, in right now and very fun. Have you ever done an escape room, Josh? Um, I did kind of a low rent version of it at uh, Meepleville, the board game cafe that we have here in Vegas. Okay. And they say set up their own it was just kind of like in a little back room it's not as elaborate as some of them but uh a friend of mine is really into escape rooms and so we did it it was kind of fun okay yeah but i i did it one time at, i forget the name of the place here in vegas over on sahara actually it was a, a double date me and gina and chad clinton freeman our mutual friend and his uh his girlfriend uh but yeah it was, it was a lot of fun but that movie looks absolutely ridiculous the sequel looks even more ridiculous i might actually see the sequel just for how ridiculous it looks. But anyway, the whole concept of escape rooms in general and that film that was born out of them, I think um, this film kind of feels like an escape room because she is stuck in this place and has to figure out a way out with just these limited resources. She's got to figure out how to use them to figure out what's going on. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I feel like if this was a big studio movie, we could have a oxygen-themed escape room somewhere. <laughs> sure, yeah, that would suck. Yeah, 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 that would uh, talk about being claustrophobic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I never saw Escape Room. There was, however, at the time, a sort of weird mini trend of incredibly low budget horror, like lower budget even than that movie, mm-hmm. uh, horror movies that themed around escape rooms. And I saw another one, which may have actually also been called Escape Room or something similar. No, it was called Escape Puzzle of Fear. Ooh. That I re- yeah, which sounds way cooler than puzzle it was. Puzzle pieces. That, um, <laughs> yeah, and I think the poster might have had some like puzzle pieces nice. or something. But I, I, that I reviewed in my, my VOD column at Crooked Marquee, and it was very, very bad and barely really had anything to do with escape rooms. Hmm. Um, but of course, it was just like capitalizing on a trend, and it was mainly just some characters wandering through hallways, like every low-budget horror movie. Sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that sequel does look... You know, if you're going to do something dumb like that, you might as well just go all, all the way in. Go right? all the way. Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. what I always say. Well, Josh, what do you got for your next piece? Well, I'm going to mention a movie that we already just mentioned briefly, which is Alexander Asia's Crawl, mm-hmm. um, which I, I really liked. And I think leading up to that, I feel like he'd been kind of an uneven filmmaker. He started out with this promise as, you know, this sort of French indie horror filmmaker mm. and then detoured into some dumb remake stuff i mean i think like like any of these smaller filmmakers you know you get a chance to make 
a Hollywoodish movie with a with a franchise name or some IP or whatever. And so he made the Hills Have Eyes remake, I think right. it was, and right. the Piranha remake, which was kind of amusing. But I, I love the Piranha. No, remake. there you go. Yeah. yeah. But I, I wasn't like, oh, I'm excited for his new film or anything. But Crawl, I think, like this movie, it has it's it's obviously a a bigger canvas than this, but it's still a very basic, similar, single location premise mm-hmm. with more or less one main character. I mean, there's sort of two main characters in Crawl, um, but it's it's really just a Caius Scodelario's character, and she's got to save her dad, and he's a character, but he's just kind of trapped most sure. of the time. Yeah. It's about her resourcefulness and using what she has at hand to solve this problem and make sure that alligators don't eat her. Yes. Um, So yeah, I mean, that movie is a lot of fun and I feel like that in a way is sort of prep for something like this, that you can pare it down even further and you end up with oxygen. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it it definitely has that kind of tension he's working in again. And I'm just picturing now uh, there probably is a movie like this, but an alligator on a spaceship. Is that, is that it? You've probably I mean, seen that. I mean, you know, if there isn't, it's definitely the kind of movie that I would see yes. and that, that I would try to write about. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that, they would have to have like water on the spaceship, right? I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. it would be maybe some sort of mutant alligator that no longer needs water. Now we're talking. Yeah. All right. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> well, I'll go to my next piece here. Uh, I'm going to go with the film Searching and also Unfriended from that same crew. Uh, but the whole screen life subgenre, um, this, this film here... Uh, Oxygen, like we've been saying, takes place in this cryogenic chamber, and everything she has to do is dealing with a computer screen and uh, basically asking it questions the whole time and trying to uh, figure out a way to get it to do what she needs it to do. But the whole time, everything's basically taking place on a screen, you know, eight inches from her face the whole time. And so uh, while it's a different setup and a different... um, uh, it's it's not the exact same thing because it's not the actual screen being put on our TV screen as we're watching. It, it's from her eyes, it basically is the same kind of setup because she's seeing just nothing but the screen the whole time. So it makes it feel a lot like these screen life films. Yeah, that makes sense. And those movies are all about like asking questions. I think, like you said, whether it's in a in a search query or calling someone or whatever, it's really just about a person in a fixed place trying to use the screen to find out what's going on. Yeah. So that, yeah. That makes sense. Right on. Yeah. What do you got for your next piece? Well, I'll, we'll get into some spoiler stuff here, I guess. Sure. Uh, so my next piece is uh, another movie that, well, that I did see, but maybe it's not very good as passengers. Sure. The sci-fi <laughs> movie with Chris Pratt and uh, it's, and Jennifer Lawrence, right? Am yep. I, yeah. I'm just like, I saw it. And I, <laughs> I, I remember the concept of it. And of course, that goes to the kind of twist, although you get a sense of it a little early on in the movie. She's obviously, she's been woken up from this cryogenic state before she's supposed to be. Yeah. And the movie doesn't tell you that she's in space until kind of towards the end in the twist. Although you kind of, that's one of the obvious things that you're expecting. I I thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of saw that coming a mile away and I think everybody does. Right. And so I don't think it's that, and I don't think that's necessarily bad. Right. You know, I think it's building to that and it makes sense. And so passengers of course is also a movie about people in cryogenic pods traveling through space toward a colony who are awoken Mm. too early. And it also has the love story aspect that we have here in this movie, even though we don't really see her 
husband other in other than in some of those snippets the brief flashbacks and the stuff on the screen mm-hmm. um but there is the sense of them both being in this kind of certain under these circumstances and they're falling in love or re-falling in love or whatever uh and passengers also relies on some well some unfortunate twists <laughs> yeah, sure um that that <laughs> ruined it for many people but Theoretically, I feel like that movie had some interesting ideas that just didn't work out. Sure, yeah, and it it's a uh, it's a different difficult like kind of line to ride with these kinds of movies when they're they're bringing up these big huge questions and really you kind of risk alienating anybody who doesn't agree with what the big experiment happening on screen is, you know, and so it definitely is a hard thing I would think for any director to kind of pull off. Yeah, and I think this movie does it pretty well. There are some, I mean, I like almost any movie with big twists like that, there are some logical inconsistencies. There was one particular thing that bugged me, but overall, I was still with it. Mm-hmm. And in part, I think it's because, and this is a larger thing, I think people like are too critical of the idea that you saw a twist coming. Sure, yeah. And I think if you saw a twist coming to some degree, it means that they set it up properly, that it makes sense, that the narrative is building to this rather than it just coming out of nowhere. So the fact that you can kind of guess, not that you can guess everything, but that you can think, oh, this might be what's happening, I think is actually a strength of the story. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I think that that's, it's, it's very true. And you don't want it to come right out of nowhere because then it's like probably doesn't make sense and doesn't work. Right. And that's in fact something that Alexander Asia has done. As much as his early film High Tension was a big kind of cult sensation as this crazy horror movie. Mm. But that's one of those movies that has this twist where after the twist, you think back on all the things that happened previously (laughs) and you're like, those things could not have happened if this was the case. And so I remember being really annoyed at that movie. So this (laughs) one does it better, I think. Well, I'm going to go with a uh, puzzle piece that could go along with the uh, the screen life things and, and the same the same points I was bringing up with that. Uh, and this is not a movie, but if we go all the way back to DOS-based text adventures. Oh, you sure. remember those yeah. like Zork and things wow. like that? Yeah, I was I was not as into those as you were. Clearly. Yeah, no, those were those were awesome back in the day. And, uh, you know. The idea that she has to ask this computer, what was it called? Uh, Milo? Milo, yes, Milo. Yeah, she has to ask Milo the right questions or else she's just not going to get shit from it. You know, it's just, it's going to uh, very like glibly just give her nothing unless she asks the question in exactly the right way. And that's how those games used to be. It's like you could sit there all night just typing things that you think are are the wording that you're supposed to be saying, but you're nothing's going to happen unless you ask exactly what the programmer wanted you to ask. And it's really frustrating as it is for the character in the movie, but um, that adds to the uh, tension of it all. Yeah. I think there's like a cult following around those games. Still, I, I think, think so. People still trade them and stuff or have emulated versions of them or whatever it is that you do with video games. I would imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm surprised one of those hasn't been made into a movie yet. That's actually a really good point. But anything could happen, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Everyone needs IP, right? Yes, that's right. Uh, what do you got for your next piece? So, well, I'll I'll continue with the spoilers here and sure. go with uh, "Never Let Me Go," the uh, Mark Romanek film based on Kazuo Ishiguro's novel and written by Alex Garland, who is I feel like if there's ever any 
uh, sort of semi-cerebral sci-fi movie that there's an Alex Garland thing is going to have to come up as a puzzle piece. Sure. Yeah, it seems that way. So, uh, but I mean, the idea that we we learn here late in the film, uh, of course, is that uh, our main character, uh, Liz, as well as everyone else on this giant spaceship are clones. Mm-hmm. They, you know, she finally asks, how long has she been alive? And the answer is like, what? A hundred minutes or yeah, something. something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and, and they're cloned as replacements for people. Um, the idea that they are sort of versions of people who are back on Earth, I think, who are going to go now colonize this new place. And it never let me go is a little more ominous than that. The the clones are being raised for the purpose of organ harvesting. Right. But it also has the storyline here of these clones who fall in love with each other, who have this sort of shared connection based on potentially some genetic history that has they've been imbued with. Mm-hmm. And uh, that movie is much more of a romance. It's much more emotional. And it actually has, it's been a while since I saw it, but I, it has quite a long stretch of just being what appears to be kind of a romantic drama with some slightly mysterious elements before you learn the full extent of all the sci-fi okay. stuff. Um, but it's really good. It was a concept that was is basically the same concept as the Michael Bay movie, The Island. Right, um, right. But much better as far as I'm concerned and much more uh, emotionally satisfying, but less action-oriented. I'm sure. With Carrie <laughs> Mulligan and Kira Knightley and Andrew Garfield. So it's been a long time. I came out like 10 years ago, but I remember being really into it. And it's the kind of sci-fi that I like because it's, you know, it, it, it takes time to build the characters. It's emotionally engaging. But when you get to the sci-fi ideas, they're also really smart and mm-hmm. asking you philosophical questions and stuff. So I think Oxygen doesn't maybe devote enough time to fully explore all that. And that's right. okay. But um, some some similar stuff there. It is funny that Alice Garland comes up anytime. <laughs> it's like a smart sci-fi movie. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, I actually have never seen Never Let Me Go. Uh, I need to watch it one of these days. Um, great cast. And I mean, everyone involved in that. It sounds like something I'd really like. Yeah, I again, it's been a long time, but I remember really liking it when I saw it in theaters. And uh, I think it, if it wasn't the same year as The Island, it was close enough that it just kept getting compared to that. And that that's not doing anyone any favors. I like The Island, but... <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, I'm going to go to a movie that I haven't seen since it came out and barely remember i don't really remember if i liked it that much but it is the 2002 joel schumacher thriller phone booth oh yeah i kind of i liked phone was it good yeah Yeah. colin farrell confined in a phone booth and uh this threat of being killed if he doesn't follow the orders from this mysterious caller and i mean basically uh this woman is stuck in this thing and talking to various people and this computer ai and uh, if she doesn't do everything that's being told to her she's going to die because she's going to run out of oxygen and so just seems like a similar uh approach to a one location kind of thriller yeah i think so i mean i also haven't seen it since it came out but i remember liking it and it being effective as that even though the character is just in that single location and that's a sort of a I don't know, a subset where it's like there's an overt threat. I think mm-hmm. someone is pointing a gun at him. Right, yeah, and sniper. And he's got to do yeah. that. You know, I think also of the movie uh, Grand Piano with Elijah Wood, which is really good and is also insane. <laughs> and it's he's he's got the gun pointed at him and he has to, he's like a virtuoso uh, pianist and he has to like play this piano piece perfectly or he'll be murdered. 
and it's really Ooh. fun actually I'm, I'm writing that down i'm gonna watch that. it's really good <laughs> and um it's um God, i can't remember who the director is but it's actually written by damien chazelle huh. and it's like what if whiplash just really went in and was actually a horror movie wow and so and i don't even really like whiplash but i like grand piano a lot more so <laughs> i wasn't a puzzle piece that i thought of but it's a really good movie that's cool i'm gonna have to check that out for sure yeah well, what do you got for your next piece? Oh, okay. Well, we'll go with something I actually put down. Um, <laughs> so, well, my next pick is Gravity, which mm-hmm. I think is, you know, kind of an obvious pick for any sort of space peril movie sure. these days. And again, I guess I'm really, I'm really sort of uh, focusing on the last parts of the movie here. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like there's a lot that he's drawing on with, with that, you know, with the, when we finally get to the sci-fi parts of it. And there's a great reveal in this movie when even though the special effects aren't the best, but um, when she finally is able to realize what's going on and she tells Milo to uh, sort of turn off the screen so she can see what's actually in front of her. Right. right. And you see this sort of carnage mm-hmm. of all these other pods that have been destroyed. Also and just... one of the best jump scares I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it is good with the, the corpse. <laughs> with a big fucking hole in its head. Yeah. <laughs> like, Jesus. Yeah, and this is, I mean, I don't know if this quite qualifies as a horror movie, but obviously Alexander Asia has that horror background and yeah. that's a good horror moment. Yeah. Um, but also the idea of like, you travel through space and shit happens, you mm-hmm. know, you, debris shows up, there's asteroids and, you know, you have to be resourceful like Sandra Bullock in Gravity sure, and, and be able to use what you have at hand. And that's a lot of what the sort of final act of this movie is, is her thinking about, okay, what resources are there in the now that I know where I am, what, what can I use to keep myself alive? And I think that's a lot of what Gravity is doing as well. And that the calls to to Earth, even though we don't realize for half the movie that she's calling from space. Right. The idea of reaching out to anyone and, you know, Sandra Bullock and Gravity talking to some random. Right. Just random people. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Just anyone who will listen to please help them. So even before, I guess even before the twist, I think there's some of that in there as well. Yeah, I, I think all of that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, Gravity does, you know, it, it tends to come up a lot on this show whenever we're talking about these like space survival movies, which are a big thing nowadays. It yes. seems like Netflix has one every six months, probably. <laughs> or, so. or more often. Yeah, I haven't seen Stowaway. But, yeah, that you know, came that out a couple be. weeks ago. Yeah, and I, I want to. It's, I've heard good things about it, but I feel like it could have been a puzzle piece here. <laughs> it probably could have, yeah. Well, I'll go to a piece that I think just connects to one particular scene, and it's when she, uh, after trying to escape this pod, she realizes she has to plug herself back into it and through this like umbilical cord machine thing, and it's horrifying. At you know, going into his horror background again, but it reminded me in Prometheus of the uh, the uh, abortion machine that she has to like put herself in, and it's just just this horrifying image of just like self mutilation to get connected to a machine. Yeah, really scary stuff and really effective. Yeah, I had Prometheus on my list as well. And awesome. mainly for that reason. And the 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 arm with the needle that comes out and is sure. always trying to jab her yeah. with the like uh you know the I forget what they call it that has the euphemism, but it's the the suicide yeah, yeah. drug, basically. That's um, so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I think oh, maybe even in a larger sense, Prometheus about uh, you know, uh man kind of reaching out beyond itself and isn't isn't there an aspect with guy pierce's character of you know earth is maybe not the best place anymore and they're trying to find a new home i think so yeah 
So there's some more than that. Yeah, and clones and all that yeah, too. Yeah, clones. So, yeah, Were there clones it's all in, in there. Prometheus? Well, I mean, technically, uh, Android's kind of a clone, oh, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe no clones. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's see here. What What do you got next? Well, speaking of clones, my next pick is Moon. Also on my list. There you go. Yeah, yeah. the Duncan Jones film, which not only has clones as part of its twist, and so that too where I think that that is the the specific kind of emotional experience of the character, where the twist when they realize they're a clone and all these sort of authentic emotions that they think that they've been having mm-hmm. are maybe not or have been like programmed into them right, in some right. way. So that revelation. And then, of course, also the uh, helpful sounding but actually not helpful robot. Yes. <laughs> um, I forget the name of the robot in Moon, but that's voiced by um, good old Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's not great but uh but he is it's it's a very good performance as a robot yeah um and yeah i can't remember what its name is but it has like a very uh kevin spacey is like a wrecking ball through so many great <laughs> movies right. well i mean i think that yeah, yeah that's a, we we hopefully can hold on to the greatness of those movies yes you know even so but yeah that robot has like a smiley face that is you know meant to be reassuring but of course is actually not sure um and i think milo too is like the, it's it's a medical bot or something, you know, supposed to be helping you feel better, but sure. it really just wants to kill you. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's that aspect as well. That's great. Yeah. What One other uh, aspect, fantastic score uh, by Clint Mansell and Moon. And here it's Rob, the guy who did the Gretel and Hansel score last yeah, year. Yeah, great, great score. I mean, and especially in a movie like this where, although I think it, this movie has good cinematography too, that they find a lot of different ways to approach this one tiny little space. but. Yeah. You know, when you can't move around a lot visually, then the score really adds a lot to the film, to the atmosphere of it. Definitely. Well, I'll get one more piece here, and uh, going going back to that computer AI voice, I could go 2001, but I'm not going to, okay? Maybe you will, I don't know. But I'm instead going to go to another video game. I'm going to go with the game Portal. I don't know if you've ever played that before. I, you know, really, you could say that about any video game unless yeah. it was like Toe Jam and Earl. And yeah. the answer is no, I haven't, <laughs> okay, but good. okay, I've heard of it. Toe Jam and Earl, good, good pull there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in Portal, there's this uh, computer, you know, AI voice that's like kind of uh, guiding you through the whole way. It's called GLaDOS and it's the same kind of thing where it's just... Like I said, very glib, and it's making your life hell the whole time, you know? And and it's acting like it's so helpful and just driving you crazy throughout the game. And uh, very much the way that that this AI voice is approached here in Oxygen and just very funny. I think it was Lethal Injection when you were saying... uh, It it is a Lethal Injection, but I feel like it has some other euphemistic name. Something like that, but yeah, but like... Yeah, all all the little things that that it offers and stuff like that is like so it's an asshole basically, yeah. you know, and very much like Glados in the Portal games. Right. Yeah, it's something it's like a compassionate something S- something, something like that. and then she's like is that a lethal injection and it it is. But. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played Portal, but I think, isn't Portal, is it being made into a movie? I feel like all of these video games now are. Portal's been on the possibility list for a long time and I think a story just came out just recently that it's still supposedly gonna happen so i guess we'll see yeah maybe it would be I'll... it would be a trippy movie i'll tell you yeah that maybe it'll be the first good video game movie you're acting like rampage doesn't exist <laughs> <laughs> i guess there are some candidates now that, that, that have support but i'm st- yeah. i'm still waiting I yeah think. 
Well, I only have one more as well. And um, to go way back to a 1950s noir film called DOA, which is a movie about, uh, it has a great opening of the guy stumbles into the police station and he says he wants to report a murder who has been murdered. I have. And you're just (laughs) like, what? (laughs) And so um, the idea there is this guy, he's been poisoned and he only has like 24 hours to live and he's got to figure out who has poisoned him and why. Sure. So there's all these flashbacks as he's talking to the police, uh, you know, as they try to determine who who killed him. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think similarly in this movie, I mean, she's not, well, she doesn't end up dead, but she almost will. I mean, and she's essentially in that place where she's counting down to her death. Yeah. And even if she's going to die, she's determined to figure out why. Who has put her here? Why is she here? What is going on? You know, who has has killed her? Yeah. Um, and and at least for a long, large part of the movie, it seems like maybe it is malicious. Like somebody has put her somewhere in order to make her die. And that right. turns out not to be the case. But I think there's a lot of that, you know, especially to, to hook you in at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Like, whoa, what's, you know, she's going to solve her own murder kind of thing. And yeah. So th- that's always a fun hook. And, and DOA is, it was remade in the 90s, I think, with like Dennis Quaid, I want to hmm. say. And I've never seen that. It's actually, for some reason, in the public domain. So it's very easy to watch and also to remake, apparently. Huh. Um, but it's it's a classic noir, and I don't know if they were going for a film noir thing here, but it's almost almost something like that. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never actually seen DOA, but I certainly am aware of the story, you know. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and uh, I think that's a great puzzle piece to close it out on. I'll do the finished puzzle, and we'll get into some closing thoughts here. We talked about Buried, of course, uh, Escape Room, Crawl. Uh, searching and the whole screen life genre, Passengers, Zork, and DOS text adventures, Never Let Me Go, Phone Booth, you told me about Grand Piano, which I need <laughs> to see, uh, Gravity, Prometheus, Moon, Portal, and DOA. So uh, are there any other things you wanted to get to that we didn't get to while going through these uh, puzzle pieces? I don't think so. I mean, this is kind of, you know, it's a simple movie in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, but effective and and good you know i don't know if it's done well it's always hard to tell on netflix i don't know if it ever made it into the top 10 or anything like that but yeah i hope people check it out given the mountain of content that there yeah. is there this is one of the better choices i think to watch so sure yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's, it's a solid movie. I think, uh, you know, it's hard to carry a movie the whole time. And Melanie, Melanie Laurent does a great job. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely a worthwhile film to check out. And I think, like I said, I love Piranha. I, you know, I, 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 really, I really like Crawl, you know. So, I mean, I, I think he's an interesting filmmaker. Yeah, he is. I like Crawl a lot, too. And I like this. I think with Crawl, it was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I, I wasn't into, you know, he seemed promising and I wasn't really into his stuff. but. That that sort of redeemed him for me, but I haven't seen. I never saw Mirrors. I think was I never one saw that one either. Early yeah. horror films, and I did think Piranha was fun. And I like. I remember watching High Tension, and up until the oh, twist, yeah, good too. it was like, wow, this is such a crazy, like out there, you know, extreme horror movie. I'm so into it, and I the twist just like ruined that movie for me. I Twists still are tough, it. yeah. So, uh, but maybe it's you know now that if you know the twist. You're not likely to be as angered by it. Maybe there's still a lot to to enjoy about that movie. Yeah. 
Well, I think that does it for Oxygen. Um, Josh, is there another movie you watched recently you want to recommend to our listeners? Yeah, I want to recommend a movie called Plan B that Mm. is streaming on Hulu uh, recently, as of when this comes out, probably still fairly recently, Mm -hmm. um, that I think was weirdly like under-promoted. I don't know why Hulu didn't do more to get the word out. I mean, it's an original Hulu movie that they produce. It wasn't something that they bought you know, that was a studio cast off or anything right, like that. Yeah. But it's a really, really fun teen comedy. I mean, it's certainly in the vein of, of Booksmart or uh, Unpregnant, which was another movie that kind of went under the radar last year. That was an HBO Max original. Um, but these two teenage girls, uh, one of whom is kind of nerdy and upstanding and the other is a bit more rebellious, um, played by uh, Kuhu Verma and um, Victoria Morales, mm-hmm. both basically newcomers here. And they just have this great, you know, in the tradition of any of those, whether you talk about Booksmart or Unpregnant or Superbad or Harold and Kumar, and um, the filmmakers from the Harold and Kumar movies are producers on this. So, okay. you know, certainly they bring some of that. But just that great chemistry. It's really, it's funny and raunchy, but it's also serious. I mean, the characters end up going on this road trip to find Plan B, the morning mm. after pill, after uh, Sonny, the Kuhu Verma's character, has had a, an ill-advised uh, sexual encounter with someone and needs this pill. And so it, it's dealing with some serious issues. Obviously, it's set in South Dakota, where they go to a pharmacy and the pharmacist is allowed to deny them right. this pill. And But it doesn't just become this big message movie. I mean, it's always focused on the characters, distinctly these particular characters, not just like archetypes or whatever. Right. These people, their lives. And it's always funny, even when serious stuff happens. So. Um, it's been really well reviewed by people who saw it. So hopefully more people will see it. And if you have Hulu, I mean, you know, it's right there. So watch it. We're planning on watching it. I think tonight, either tonight or tomorrow. I'm very much looking forward to it. And, uh, I found out about it from David Wayne of all people. He posted about it. Oh, well, I'm glad someone like that is promoting it. (laughs) Yeah. It deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, Josh, what's going on on awesome movie here? Uh, we are, I think as of this, we are in our 1967 season. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. I'm, I'm always, um, you know, pushing for us to look further back into film history. So. So this is the furthest back we've uh, covered yet. So lots of iconic films that we're going to be talking about and just an interesting transitional period in cinema from classic Hollywood to the sort of new Hollywood rebellious phase of the 70s. So, uh, yeah, a lot of cool uh, films to talk about in 1967. Check out Awesome Movie Year wherever you listen to podcasts yes. at awesomemovieyear.com. You're getting good at this. Awesome Movie Pod <laughs> on uh, Twitter and uh, Awesome Movie Year on Facebook. Yeah, we uh, are happy to have more uh, more people listen, hopefully. If you like piecing it together, yes. you'll love Awesome Movie Year. And hopefully you do like piecing it together if you're listening to this whole thing. Yeah. But uh, awesome. Also, uh, tell them where you can find uh, you, all your other critics work that you're doing oh yeah all my stuff you can check out joshbellhateseverything.com which is not updated that often <laughs> but um also josh bell hates everything on facebook and it's signal bleed on twitter that's where i post links to all my reviews and things in various places and if you're in vegas you can watch me on the 11 a.m news on fridays on ktnv channel 13 awesome well josh thanks as always for doing the show and i uh, look forward to next time yeah i look forward to it
Hello, Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast here. So you're listening to a podcast that you love right now. Chances are I love it too. In the independent podcast community, we all support each other, which is why you're currently hearing this promo. So I wanted to tell you a little bit about my show in the hopes that maybe you'll check it out. I welcome a different co-host each week, usually other podcasters, friends of mine, or random folks from the entertainment industry. Together, we count down our top five favorite things for whatever that week's topic is. It's often centered around music, movies, TV, and pop culture. We have over 250 episodes spanning nearly five years of programming, so there's bound to be something on our feed that's just for you. We release new episodes of Two Peas every Wednesday. For links to all of our content and to subscribe via your favorite podcast app, just go to our website. It's www.twopeasonapod.com. We can't wait to welcome you to the party. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Oxygen. Make sure to go check that out. It is available on Netflix right now, and uh, I think something worth watching. So go check it out. And also check out the new season of Awesome Movie Year. Yes, thanks to Josh Bell for being the guest on this episode. And don't forget to check out the new season. It's season eight, the films of 1967. Lots of great episodes coming your way over there. So make sure to subscribe. And while you're at it, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together as well. We got a lot of episodes on the way, so uh, yeah, lots coming soon. So um, also, you can follow us on social media at Piecing Pod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. And don't forget about the Produced by David Rosen Patreon. Lots of new content coming to the Patreon soon, so check that out. Thank you, everyone who has been listening to the show. You know, we're about to hit the 50,000 download mark, which is kind of insane. Um, that is just a huge milestone for the show. And obviously couldn't do it if you people weren't all out there listening. Um, you know, sometimes when you do these things, you know, yeah, the conversation is between me and another person, but the rest of everything that goes into piecing it together is just me sitting in this room, putting this thing together. And it's, it's just good to know that people are out there listening. So I uh, definitely thank you all so much for being here with me. And I love doing the show and I look forward to doing it for a long time to come. So let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do. And I feel like every time it's a uh, outer space, spacey kind of movie, uh, I, I tend to close it with this song, but I'm going to do it again. It's called The Void. It's from my fourth album, A Different Kind of Dream. And uh, it's an awesome outer spacey kind of song, so it fits whenever we're doing one of these kind of movies. So this is The Void. There's a cool uh, music video for it over on my YouTube channel, so go check that out. And uh, check out the album, A Different Kind of Dream, available wherever you listen to music. And enjoy it, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.